Well, I thank, uh, thank all of you for all the birthday greetings. And um, I got a really nice present here for Branko Mariska. I, uh, Branko, it's actually very heavy. Uh, it's a cross, and I, this is, obviously, but the thing is, though, it's a heavy cross. And, I just, and, and then Mariska painted this beautiful thing about the lion on there, and I think it is so stunning. Uh, I just want to honor them for this uh, beautiful gift. Thank you. You guys are amazing. Thank you. This is so precious to me. It's one of my most beautiful gifts I've ever received. Um, but my kids gave me also a great present. Right here. Look at this. I never had one of those. Fancy. Doesn't work yet. This looks good. <laughs> haven't, it says low battery. Okay, whatever. You know. And, uh, so we have our, a Grace and Glory conference uh, next week. Now, Rob he sent his books because he didn't know if he was going to make it or not. He can't because of his wife's uh, recovery and restoration. Um, and and uh, but the thing is, though, he did send his books already, which is great. Great book, by the way. Beyond the Peripheral Fence, How to Increase in Miracles. Wayne, it's your birthday today. Wayne in here's his birthday today. And uh, I want to give this to you, handsome. Kathleen, you want to give it to Wayne? Oh, you got it to son. Thank you. Come on, give it up for Wayne. He's following me, one year behind me. And, uh, and of course, Chad is one of our keynote speakers, and he's a favorite here. The last 10 years, he's been with us uh, almost every time. And uh, just an amazing preacher. Make sure you, the whole point is you all come next week. Well, even if you can come only Friday, only Saturday, make sure that you come sometime Saturday night. It's going to be absolutely amazing. You know who's in the house too? It's Matthew Lansdowne. He's, he's come from the last six years or whatever for our Sonship Conference. Guys, they, they had the only Bethel church outside of Bethel Reading. They were allowed, only those people were allowed to have one around uh, outside of Bethel in Reading, which is quite an honor. And uh, for many years, he ran that together with them. Um, Andy, and now he lives somewhere else and uh, starting a church uh, in Tairua. In the, or area. Anyway, but Chad is the other preacher. Chad is amazing. Uh, this booklet changed my life. He qualifies you. It's about the covenants of God. Who needs to understand grace? <laughs> I'm going to throw it at you because it's too hard. I could try. No, don't do it. The beautiful girl over there. And the rest have to purchase it, please. Very cheap, those things, anyway. But please come. Please make sure you sign up, guys, and make sure you bring somebody. This will, be change, this will change your life, like it changed my life. I mean, I had a Master's of Theology, and that sounds all very exciting. But the thing is, though, I would have given everything up. You can have my piece of paper to know this. I never knew this. It was never taught to me. It should be the first day on Bible college, any Bible college in the world. The first day they should teach you on what kind of covenants you're in, who you are as a Christian. If you don't get it, do the second day. I don't give it it's six months. But if you don't get that, you don't get the rest. And so that's why we have such, such a kind of pseudo-Christianity has happened because we just don't understand. You know, also another book that Chad is releasing, I think it's here too. Joe, is it here? I don't know for sure. It's kind of the, the one, How to Interpret the Bible. He's an amazing Bible. Bible teacher and how to interpret the Bible. Now, the handbook for interpreting the Bible used to be, um, used to be, Catherine, you know, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, very famous book written 30 years ago, powerful one. This is kind of like, almost like a sequel. This kind of, this is totally based on the new covenant of grace, understanding the new covenant of Jesus Christ and how to read the Bible in its context. And so it's a very, very powerful book. I think he's got it here. Uh, but he's going to talk about this too. So very important stuff for Christians and Christianity. So please make sure it's a holy congregation. It's a holy gathering that we have this coming weekend. If you can't uh, pay for if you can't afford it, I'll pay for you. Deal? Deal. It's my birthday anyway, so I can just do anything I want. So you can just like, 
Thank you for all your love, guys. I'm 60 now. I can't believe I'm 60. Eddie, how's it being 60? You're right, Eddie? It's okay being 60? That's what I'm saying. Wonderful. Wonderful. 60 is the new 40, which is really helpful to know from people. And then I look at the ones who are 60, and I'm so blessed by these people. I said, man, you still have a life at 70 and 80. It's like, this is amazing. So it's not the end of the world. I know it feels the end of the world. When I was like young, I look at 60, it's like, man, that's old. My dad was like, that's old, you know. And now I'm there, you know. I think, man, I feel so young. What's going on here? Halfway, well, just want to bless you, Morena, Kiora, and it's so wonderful to have you. Also, Afano from my family, Tihai, what a beautiful moment that was, and goodness me, what an emotional thing this is, this like, I'm living my best life right now, I really do, I told our leaders on Tuesday, I said, I'm really happy right now, because I have everything I need, you know, I mean, I'm in a great place with Jesus, I love him so much, I'm with him face to face, you know, every day, and I'm just getting better all the time, and and, and the thing is, though, just being in, in you guys are just amazing. I mean, our church is the best church in the world. It really is. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's other churches that are good, too, but this is the best church for us. And uh, we love, I love you. We love you so much. And thank you for all your support and, you know, kindness uh, to us. It's just, um, thank you. Thank you. I had so many, so many, men. I got, like, so many people write to me and give stuff to me. And it's just humbling. It's just amazing. It's just, it's a blessing. But um, I, for you, some of you think why is this orange? The, re- the reason why this is orange is because Holland is the house of orange. That's our, co- our color, Holland's color, right? That's why you got the flags and the, the thing is orange. That's why. Some people say, why is this orange? That's why. It's not just uh, preachers with sneakers and trying to be cool, which, you know, uh, which is kind of cool too, you know, it's like. Sneakers. But uh, that's not what it is. It's not this. Anyway, today I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into it. Uh, today we talk about uh, kingdom life, and I'm for concluding uh, this uh, series uh, today, this morning, and and then Sam will do this tonight. And uh, so so it's um, wonderful. Uh, the, the theme verse for this whole series has been, come on, you should know by heart without putting it on. Does anybody know by heart? Matthew six ten. Hello. That's right. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Put it on there, Fabian. Well, see, this is this, this is the thing, the prayer. Jesus told the disciples to pray, and this is really what, what we're on about here in this thing. And we see that the kingdom flow is always from heaven to earth. We always have to align with heaven. It's not the other way around. The, the flow is always from heaven to earth in this way. Very important. A few weeks ago, I we spoke about the priority of the kingdom of God. It says a bit further in the scripture, Matthew 6, uh, 33, that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added onto your life as well. So the priority is always a priority. And if the priority is no longer a priority, then basically you get into a little bit of trouble. And basically you get into some kind of a pseudo church. And that's the problem. Last year, I had a prophetic uh, word that God gave me. And I released it, I think before Christmas was it. I don't even know when it was. But the thing is, though, it was, I want my church back. And since that time, a whole bunch of other people have come up with that too. I want my church back. And really what God was saying, I want, I want the church to be aligned again to what I have for her because it's become quite lukewarm and it's become quite like moderate and quite like whatever church, you know. Not much power, not much glory. And man, we're taking back land. I'm, 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 I'm over it, you know. I'm over it for my own life. I'm over it for the people's life. I'm over it to see no more miracles. I want to see much more miracles. If, we are, if we're supposed to walk like Jesus every day and see miracles, and he says you're going to do bigger things than I do and more than I do, well, where are they all? 
That's my question. So I think, hey, there must be a way to find out. There must be a way. Well, one of the ways to do it is, of course, to lean into the Holy Spirit, go into the secret place. That's what Jesus did. And when he did, he came out firing an old eight, and then miracles started happening. But every day he went back to the Father and got his commands from Daddy. And went into the thing, Daddy, what do you want to do today? And then, bam, the power came and did it again. We need to do the same thing. And that's why it's been such a wonderful aligning even this year in our lives. Amen? I'll say it one more time, but it's like stroking the cat the wrong way around. If the kingdom of God is a cat, then don't stroke it the wrong way. Because if you do, they meow and they scratch you and they bite you and they run away like my cat does. Really irritating cat, you know, does that way like this. So what you do is like, if you wanted to purr, you go nice with the, with the flow, you know, with the flow. And so that's what you do. We are called the manes of God, the manes. See, the manes, he's the king of glory right there, the line of Judah. He lives in you by his Holy Spirit. Come on. So the whole thing is we go that way, right? And people purr and everything will fall into place in your life. And so we are aligning ourselves to the principles of God in our lives. This is just actually exciting. Emphasis from us to him. By the way, this morning was amazing worship. Um, and again, you, do, do you guys, because it's nice to know sometimes, we just do it all the time. But do you see what's going on right now? Do you actually feel it? Do you see it? We're working very hard with Sam and stuff. Today was 11 out of 10, bro. 11 out of 10. And just, we want to go to the glory. See, we want to go to heaven's reality. We want to go to where he is. I don't want all these me songs, you know, because it's nice about me, and, and that's good. And, and sing those in your bathroom and whatever. It's good. But the thing is, and sometimes it's good. But the issue is, though, we are wanting to go to the throne. And God says, if, if you worship in the frequency of heaven, then miracles start happening because that's what's happening the elders in the church they're not talking about themselves in heaven at all nothing to do with it they bow themselves throw crowns and do everything it's just about holy holding so we are leaning into the holy spirit i tell you same as secret place same as the church same as in life so as we do this more and more this is not the message by the way more and more then basically these things are happening then we will come to a place that the heavenly the water level will be so strong in the church again again there will cease miracles that we have not seen for a long, long time. I am sick and tired of people dying of cancer still around me. I know there's miracles. I know there's miracles. Hermione, Hermione, so Hermione, Hermione told me last week of a miracle. Somebody not a Christian but prayed for, stage four cancer, completely healed. I mean, not a Christian. I mean, it's awesome, right? You'll take, give a testimony sometime. Not today, but for soon. Uh, but the thing is, though, it happens. But then other people just died. Jody died the other day, you know, 61 years old. Good friends, you know, Simon Barnett, Jody died. And people die. Things happen. And we live with this mystery. But the thing is, though, I don't want this mystery. Now, we always have a, some sort of mystery because there's the devil, there's the flesh, there's the fallen world. I get all that stuff. But the thing is, though, surely there can be more victory, right? Yeah. Surely. Now, what is the secret? i tell you what the secret is, I believe, is I got yesterday's big book, This Thick, about Smith Wigglesworth. People couldn't even stand in his office. He would have so much anointing in his office, and people just couldn't even stand in there to walk out of the office or crawl out of the office because, wow. Because the glory that was in, the, in this office. And that's why so many miracles happen. Guys, it is all about the presence of God. That's why here, presence is our priority. It is number one in this church. And that's why we're growing into this whole thing. But it takes, it takes priority. It takes shaping. It takes realigning. It takes quite a while because we're so set in our brains, so set in our things. And it's all good. It's a great message, by the way. It's not my message, but it's a great message. No, it actually is the message. It is the message. But I'm excited about this, guys, because I, I can see things shifting. 
I can see things shifting in our church, in my life, our family, in our people around me. I can see it. I can feel the prayer meetings, the prophetic. We want to be a prophetic apostolic church that moves forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't get distracted by the things in the world. Put God first. Don't put issues first and then pray, Lord, please deal the issues. No, no. Go, go, go for God first. Send him around. Then Jericho will fall. It will fall when we start worshiping, praising him, when we start fasting and feasting on his life and his word and his whatever, then it's going to be just amazing. Anyway, Catherine, don't distract me all the time. Good. So good. So, so when we allow ourselves, then all things, allow ourselves, then all things uh, will work together for good for those who love him and are called to his purpose. The Christian life, really, I see it more and more, the Christian life is really about us aligning ourselves to the principles and the things of God. And sometimes we've just been disobedient. And God says, even delayed disobedience is disobedience. And God is asking us to be obedient again. And that means in every area of your life. It means in sexuality, man and woman, married, sex, good. <laughs> Outside of that, no, sex. That's biblical spenders, guys. Sorry. Money, the first part of the money belongs to God, it's not yours. No, no, it's not yours. If you don't align yourself, you'll have trouble. Things will fall around, it will not work for you. You've got to be faithful. You've got to be faithful. Relationships, be faithful in your relationship. The way you diarize your life and put him first in your life. I have no time. No, you do have time. You do have time. You can make time. Depends what your priority is. Are you going to make time for God or not? No, I've got no time. It's okay. You live with the consequences. So he's changing our priority. Today I want to talk about the proclamation of the kingdom, the last one, and I touched on it last Sunday night, and it's actually very similar to Sunday night, because I want to finish this whole thing. Jesus in Luke 9, here we go. When Jesus had called the 12 together, that's the disciples, he gave them power and authority. Everybody say power and authority. authority. To drive out all demons and cure all diseases, and he he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick, Right? So you can see already that heal the sick and the proclamation go together hand in hand. It says, take nothing on your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter in, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave the town, shake off the dust of your feet and testimony against them. So they set set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news again and healing the sick everywhere. You can see again proclamation and demonstration at the same time. Guys, there's no greater message in the world than the one that we carry through the cross of Jesus Christ. There's no greater message in the world today. So we have the privilege of as sons and daughters to proclaim this message, to tell this message, to share this message with other people. How wonderful it is. And how powerful this is. It's the only way people will know who God is. If you open your mouth and say something about him. Paul says in Romans 10, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That's why I got these shoes on today. Everybody look at your feet. Are these feet going anywhere? Ask them. Feet, are you going anywhere? Are you going anywhere? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news to people, right? So beautiful. I mean, the world's greatest problem is sin. It's missing the mark. Sin is so rooted in our selfishness and our rebellion against the purposes and the design of God. If you look around, all the time we just talked about, it's all design issues. 
whether it's sexuality, whether it's about relationship. I mean, I de- we deal with people every week about things that have happened. Now, sometimes you can't help it. I get that. But the brokenness of life is so bad, and it has such consequential things to next generations. It's because of my grandfather here, and I'm there, and because of this, there, and I'm there, and because I became this, and I'm, and it goes all the way through generations. One dumb mistake. And so the thing is, though, God wants us to be loyal to our marriages and loyal to Him and loyal to the principles of God. And when they work well, it's amazing what happens because then righteousness comes. I said last week somewhere at a meeting, I go to so many meetings, I don't even know where I'm, anyway. And the thing is, though, you know, Jesus had the greatest joy, was in the leaders meeting, greatest joy, He was the most happy person of all ever, right? But you know why? He was more and more joyful than any of His companions. But it says why? Because He Come on, theologians. Why? Why was he joy? It's in the scripture. It's the same scripture says he was had joy above anybody else because he loved righteousness. You go to your Bible. Loved righteousness. That's the issue. Right living. Right living. I mean, we're not into behaviorism. I get this. We live in grace. It's amazing how grace, but it means also that you have a lot of responsibility. I mean, the privilege of a Christian is amazing, but your responsibility to live as a Christian is also very, very important because the news always makes the bad stuff, never the good stuff, or hardly ever the good stuff. It's always the bad stuff. It's always the whatever. Guys, we need to learn to live righteously. And when we do, we actually become happy people, even though we have problems. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And you'll be powerful through your problems, through the stuff. You'll be powerful. So when are we going to live righteously, guys? I'm talking about everything we talked about, even in this whole series. Missing the mark. God, missing the mark is so bad. It's like putting diesel in the car. I've done it many times in the time. It's like you're missing the mark. So what is sin? Sin is missing the mark. It's putting diesel in a petrol. It doesn't belong there. It's right way living. You just missed the mark of God's design. You gotta just do a chiropractic go back into design. I tell you, everything in design, I mean, some of you are mechanics and stuff, some of you are designers and, and, and amazing people. You know how, how sensitive, oh, look at babies. I mean, look at Hawaii. Look at, I mean, it's amazing. Everything works. Everything. It's design. It all works. Now, I know sometimes things don't go well. I get this because problems are in this fallen world and things go wrong. But the thing is, though, when it's designed right and it works well, it's good. That's what God wants for our relationships, our lives, every part of our life. So we see this kind of thing. For, but the good thing is, look at this. So we've all fallen short, the ones who are not Christians, fallen short of the glory of God, missed the mark, gone our own way, be selfish, all this kind of stuff. And then Romans 3, it says this, for everyone who has sinned, has sinned, sorry, and we fall short of God's glorious standard, right? Missing the mark. But yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. Come on, that's because the next series after Grace and Glory will be about amazing grace. He makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. He paid the price. It's just powerful. And so, so sin, because of Adam and Eve, because the beginning of time when they were created, because of their sinfulness and because their disobedience to God, this virus, and we all know about viruses, this virus came into humanity and we couldn't do anything about it. Everybody is born into this virus or with this virus, even though however cute they are, there's still this virus in there. 
But Jesus came to break this virus. He was the antidote of the virus. He was the solution for the virus. And when you become a Christian, he takes your old nature out. He like this circumcision of the heart. He takes your old nature out and he puts in the new nature of himself. And you're born again, born of the Spirit of God. And so then we don't have the glory that we lost and the relationship that we lost. And this beauty is now implanted in my spirit. And my spirit, if you would look inside of my spirit, is absolutely perfect, pure, holy, as much as Jesus is. There's no difference between Jesus and myself and yourself if you're a Christian. Yes, my flesh and my mind, there's still issues there, and I get that, and we have to align, align ourselves to the beautiful born-again spirit that God has given to us. But how beautiful. And this is the story we have. This is the testimony that we have. This is the, this is the, the message that we have that we give to back to the world. Hey, you are forgiven. Really? How? Jesus did this 2,000 years for us. Make sure you receive the Christmas gift. He's done this for you. Really? Yes, really. Make sure you tell people because people are angry. The other day I heard a story against somebody, a friend of mine. He says, my mom, too bad. I mean, God could never forgive me. He's already forgiven you. He's not going to forgive you. He's already forgiven you. He's already paid for the sin of the world. Like all of it. Everybody. Everywhere. Forever. That's why he's the Lamb of God who's slain for the sin of the world. He's just blimmin' awesome. And that's why the more you know about him, the more you get excited about him because I'm a forgiven person because of what Jesus has done for us. Nothing I can do. It's a gift of grace. Nothing about how much I pray, how much I work hard, how good I am. There's nothing to do with it. Now, you should be good and you should pray and you should give. I get that. But the thing is, though, it doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't make you born again. Anyway, it's a different story. Why am I distracted today a little bit? So we have responsibility. Anyway, so Jesus sends out here the 12 in Luke 9. The 12. He gives them power, authority, right, over demons, sickness, all this kind of stuff. He sends them out. And, and the thing is, though, why was it 12? 12, again, 12, while 12 disciples, why not 10? Thank you. 12 tribes. He says straight away after that, he says, make sure you go to the lost sheep of Israel. And it's the ministry to Israel. The 12 disciples were, uh, uh, were a um, picture of his ministry to the 12 tribes of Israel. So he ministered to them all. Only Paul went later on to, to the Gentiles, right? Don't, don't forget, all the covenants were with the Jews. Not with us, ever. Even the news, not with us. We get grafted into it. Praise Jesus. But it was all done with the Jewish people. This is it, you know. And that's why it's first with the Jew and then the Gentile. Anyway, just for you to know. And so then we go, the, 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 the chapter after that, chapter 10, he then sends out the 72. The 72 going his name, well, why is it 72? Why not 70 or 69? Why not 60 or 59? <laughs> That's not a rhetorical question. Hello? Why? Quicker, guys, I've got a plane to catch. No, I don't. You know. You don't want to say it, right? Because you already know it. Okay, 72 is because on the, at the Tower of Babel, there were 72 nations that were scattered. 72 languages were changed in this way. And so now he says, hey, this news, this gospel is now going to be sent out to, again, to the 70 languages that came through. And there's going to be this shalom. There's going to be this restoration. It's going to be reclaiming of what God always intended for every nation to come together under Christ in Jesus' name like this. What a beautiful picture of that, right? And then, of course, he sends us out. 
after how he sends us out into the world in the power of the Holy Spirit. So he gathered his disciples and then they scattered into the world. The same way for us, we are gathered like on this morning and in life groups and in prayer meetings and whatever meetings you meet in during the week, we gather together and then we are scattered again into the world to see the kingdom of God manifest. I mean, the, 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 the vision of the church, the mandate of the church is to bring heaven to earth, right? That's the mission of our church and any church. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So earth has to start to look a little bit more like heaven after you've come in contact with people, right? So in the mirror of your life, in the, in the re- review mirror of your life, you should see people that were touched by you, by God, because of what you bring into their lives, right? If you don't see anything, you should probably look at your life a little bit. So who am I living for? What am I living for? What am I doing? Because God wants to use you and me. That's what our mission statement is. Say it all together. Transforming the world with the good news of Jesus. And the byline is the other one, which I love, is growing sons and daughters to release the kingdom of God. It's always about growing sons and daughters into the fullness of who we are, like Jesus, and then release it. It's be like Jesus, do like Jesus. It's actually not very difficult, really, right? And so that's what we do. So we are to expand the family of God. And every time somebody comes to faith, somebody gets going, somebody, the kingdom is grown again. Somebody, the kingdom has come into a person's life. God's righteousness and his lordship and his kingship comes into a person's life. And this, the, 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 the kingdom is a little bit bigger again. That's why I pray for Israel and, and the Hamas and all those guys, the Palestinians. Pray for peace, but also pray for revival. Pray that they will see God. You know, one of the greatest revivals happening right now is in Iran. Iran hates the Jews. I mean, they're totally together with his all guys, you know. But they hate it. In the middle of this thing, underground, it's amazing. <laughs> Things happening. And most of it is by these visions. A lot of Muslims come to faith by visions of Jesus coming into their room and things just happening, guys. Well, I'm praying that for a little old New Zealand, for goodness sake. Lord Jesus, please manifest your glory here too. So we pray for revival here, pray for revival there, that people would come to Christ, because that's the problem. Hatred is just about all their own identity, all their screwedness or whatever's going on. But if Jesus comes, he's the Prince of Peace, he will sort people out. So let's keep praying for peace, but also for his glory to come. And not to diff- that's good. Thank you, Jesus. So good. I'm enjoying my own preaching. So Genesis, in the beginning of Genesis, it says, you know, be fruitful and multiply. Now, this is a beautiful mandate that God gave through, to humanity. And it's not only popping our babies. It's not only about the baby, like you see this morning, Hawaii and Frankie and all the babies, so many babies being born and going to be born in this house. It's, maybe it's too fertile here, Catherine. Maybe there's some coming here. Slowly. I know Catherine always prays for people that get pregnant, but it's too fertile here. So let's just continue to grow. But it's not only about that. It was also about that. But it was really also the whole thing of babies, Christian babies. You know, for people to become Christians, to, be, to find God, to go back to the Father. Jesus came to show the Father and lead people back to the Father, right? And so that's also, we need babies, baby people, you know. So we need to be fruitful and multiply. In some ways, this is fulfilled in Jesus in, in Matthew 28 when he gives the Great Commission. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, and um, whatever it says, all the whole thing. And make disciples of all nations, that whole thing, right? 
So that's a commission that we get into our lives. Guys, there's still so many unreached people groups. I know some people believe Jesus comes back next year. I get it. And they make a case for it. And it's not a bad case, actually. I don't think so. But it's not a bad case. He could come. Make sure you're ready. Make sure you're ready because we could be like, whoo, up in the sky. You know? But the thing is, though, we still a lot of nations still have to hear, hey, we don't have to look that far. I have, have you had a good look around your neighborhood lately? Have you had a look around, look around New Zealand lately? Come on, people. They say maybe 10%, maybe 20% of born-again Christians. Maybe. That, that's high, 20%. But maybe. Well, I'll give you 30%. I don't know. Whatever. But 70 or 80% of this country is facing a Christless eternity. Now, if that doesn't bleed your heart, Jesus was always moved by compassion. My question is then, if we as a church are not moved by compassion to see the prodigals and the lost come into the Father's arms, then we have a problem. And so the question is, we need to again rediscover this passion that comes oozes out of you. It oozes out of this church, it oozes out of your life, and everywhere you go, something happens there, and something somehow, that's why we have an apostolic mandate to send into the world in this way, in Jesus' name. Jesus said, go into all the world... I'm going to go through it quickly because I've got no time left. Verse 20, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by signs that accompanied always the proclamation and always the demonstration. It's always both. Always talk about a preaching, but it's always also demonstration, signs and wonders. Jesus says, if you, don't, if you look at me, if I didn't do any signs and wonders, you don't even have to believe in me. It proves that I'm God's son. It moves that God is God, that I do your miracles around you. So we need, like Jesus, we need to work in, in, in both those things in the church. The problem is the demonstration is often not so much in the church. Like Norma Klaus says, we do a lot of hooey-hooey, but not a lot of dewey-dewey. <laughs> we have a lot of hooey-hooey, a lot of meetings, a lot of talk about stuff. Hey, where's your walk? I want to talk, I walk to talk. We need to walk the talk and what everything that God has in our lives. Come on, preach, show, and tell. I love it. When our little kids were little, they had little things that brings like a little, little monkey to, church, to, to school and said, show and tell. So the monkey, you can talk about the monkey. Christianity is show and tell. It's actually opposite around because it's, it's an upside down kingdom. It's tell and show. But it doesn't matter. You can always show and tell. Whatever. But make sure you show and tell, tell and show at the same time. Amen. So good. We've got to be ready for the harvest in Jesus' name. I'm going to go quickly through this whole thing like this. Uh, Jesus says uh, the harvest is ready and feed the harvest. And uh, Oh, good, Fabian. It's good. And then, hey, pray for the workers of the harvest. Hey, uh, that's good. He, said, he didn't say to pray for revival. He says pray for the workers because the harvest is already ready, 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 ready. Been ready for a long time. It's ready. It's ready because God makes them ready. So we need to reap. We're the reapers. And so God says, pray for workers. Ask the Lord, the harvest, Matthew 9, for laborers to go into this thing. So the harvest is ready, the workers are ready. So what is the question that we have to ask? The Lord, send workers. But really, let's make it to ourselves. Lord, send me. Come on, say to yourself, Lord, send me. Lord, send me. Send me. Send me into my community. Send me into my workplace. Send me into my school. Send me into everywhere I go. I'll be this beautiful, beautiful person for the Lord in every way. And uh, it's wonderful. I want to ask Simon to come here. Simon Fox. Come on, give it up for Simon Fox. He's got a great testimony in this way. So a week ago, I was uh, in the office and I thought, all right, I'm just going to go for a break. I'll go for a walk. 
right? And, and I head down the lift, out the door, and as, as I stepped out the front door of my office, uh, I felt God say to me, I need you to go speak to that guy. And I was like, God, I just, I, just, I haven't even started my walk. Like, just allow me to go for a walk first. But anyway, he said, no, I want you to speak to this guy. So I went and uh, spoke to him and, and actually just went up to him. I introduced him. It was so simple. I was like, wow, what do I do? I just said, hey, I'm Simon. And he put out his hand and, hey, I'm Cole. And uh, I, I, I just said, how you doing? And he was like, oh, not good, not good. Like, it's really tough. And, and, and so I just, I just stood there and listened to him for a little bit. And then I said to him, hey, can I pray for you? Yeah, please. I like that. So I prayed for him. And then I really felt God prompt me to say, what else can I do for you? Is there anything else I could do for you? He said, firstly, I'd really love a friend. I was like, awesome. Let's hang out. We'll, we'll hang out for a bit. And secondly, I'd love $20. I'd love to borrow $20. And, and, and God said to me, uh, yeah, you can give him $100. He needs $100. So, so I was like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Um, the one time I don't have cash in my pocket, because I usually do, I thought, all right, let's, let's go for a walk and, and, and I'll go to the money, money machine and let's get him some money. And um, he, uh, so I said, oh, can I carry your bags? Like, he's just like, whoa, like, what the flip? Um, haven't really had this before, right? And, and so I carried his bags, went to the money machine and got out $100. And I said, hey, man, Cole, here's $100. Yeah, it's for you. He's like, what? What? He actually didn't take it initially. He's like, what the heck? This is crazy. I said, no, no, this is for you. Jesus loves you. I love you. And, and Jesus wants the best for you. And he was like, oh, man, yeah, wow. He said, before you came to speak to me, I was going to kill myself this afternoon. But now because you spoke to me, and you prayed for me, I want to know Jesus. Right? <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. And so I helped him through um, praying uh, to commit his life to Jesus, which was incredible. And he was like buzzing, like literally the transformation on his face, on his how he was acting was like incredible. He was buzzing. He was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for Jesus. And he had a, he's, he's had a vision of what he wanted to do. He wanted to go and um, go throughout the nation and share love to people that don't know Jesus. Like this is instant, right? He's like, this is what I want to go do. I'm going to go do that, right? And, and that was just because I was obedient, right? The glory is to God, right? God said, go speak to this guy. To be honest, it was the best break I ever had, um, I was rejuvenated, and it was amazing. Right? So good. <laughs> Come on, give it up. So good. So what's our prayer then? Say, Lord, use me like Simon. Use me. Open my eyes because the harvest is already ready. People are really ready for you. And sometimes if somebody's not ready, you go for the next one. Or then you go for the next one. doesn't matter. You know, John Wimber, he wanted a healing ministry. And so uh, he said, go pray for people. Apparently, after a thousand people, he still hadn't healed anybody. And then his first, the thousand and were first, he was a recorded meeting. And then he just it launched him into this beautiful, powerful, worldwide, global healing ministry. Thousands he prayed for. 
Guys, sometimes when we share, it's a bit scary. Sometimes they won't come to Christ straight away. Sometimes they don't want to even talk to you like this. It doesn't matter. We need to keep sharing the gospel because in the end, they're rejecting Jesus. They're not rejecting you. It may feel a bit awkward. I know it's a bit awkward. But the thing is, though, you've got to be so confident in your own, in your own self and in your own salvation and who you are and have a to- story to tell about yourself that you can share something about Jesus Christ. Romans 10, I'll finish with this. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear him unless somebody preaches or tells about him? And how will they go and tell without being sent? People were being sent today. That's why the scripture says, we go back to the feet. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Look at your feet again. And then says, go. Go find some people. Go find some people. Catherine last week gave us three questions. How to reflect on God's glory, on his, um, on his worth. But then the second one was to declare his worth and then to display his worth. Very much my message too. To proclaim the message and also then to see his kingdom come in the lives of people around you. He said, Gideon, you can preach. He says that the preach people, you say, you've got a platform. I tell you, this may be one, my, one of my platforms. i got other platforms. When I'm at the petrol station or wherever I go in the mall, it's still my platform. What is your platform? Your platform is your job. It's your work. Your platform is your family. We all have a platform. We all can preach the gospel because it's not only up to pastors like me. It's for all of us to share the gospel wherever we go, wherever we are, because it's something that's inside of you. There's a lion inside of you. So my question is, how many people have you told about your life with Christ? How many people have you told about this exciting love that you found, the peace you found, this joy that is just not, nothing else in your way? Come on. People are waiting for you. They're waiting for me to come and share the gospel with them. Share your testimony. We cannot be silenced. Come on, let's stand together. We cannot be silenced. We've got to speak to our soul. We've got to speak to ourselves. Say, come on. There's a lion living inside of you. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got a powerful message in your life. Don't be silenced. Don't be silenced. Speak up. Speak up. Speak up. Come on, let's speak to our soul for a moment. Come on, my soul. 